Hi, and you are listening to the This I Believe podcast series, a podcast series exploring the essentials of the Christian faith. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on the This I Believe podcast series. Um, again, I'm Adam Beyer coming from Twilliger Community Church in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, this podcast series is a part of our Equip podcasts uh, that we put out as a church. It's just a way to um, just to, to teach and equip uh, Christians. And hopefully you're encouraged and edified and you learn and grow as you listen to these podcasts. And this season, I'm so excited to be joined by my good friend from college, Zachary Ward. And Zach is joining us from Winnipeg. And yeah, Zach, why don't you tell us a bit about your church? Yeah, uh, I'm currently uh, going to Nassau Street Church. It's a Mennonite church in town. Um, If you know anything about Winnipeg, you know that we are full of Mennonites. (laughs) And although I am not Mennonite by culture at all, uh, I am happy to to worship worship among them. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Cool. Well, I'm excited to continue on in our conversation. And uh, last week, um, our last episode, we discussed the importance of theology. We defined what theology is, which is very simply the study of God. And we kind of landed on this idea that whether you are a Christian or not, it is very important that you engage in the practice of theological reflection. Uh, there's a reality that all of us have thoughts about God. Um, in the nature of those thoughts is the reality that those thoughts are theological. So we're already doing theology. Uh, we just need to do it um, more thoughtfully and, and consider considerably. Um, and and so this leads to maybe a natural question of, okay, well, if I'm supposed to be doing theological reflection, if I'm supposed to be thinking more about God, uh, what are the materials or the things in which I am thinking about? What am I unpacking when it comes to me um, doing the work of theological reflection? And one of the quotes we looked at last week um, we talked about how the practice of theology is humans trying to make sense of two givens, which is God's self-revelation and our human experiences. Uh, and so we want to kind of dive a bit more into that quote as a whole, I guess, in this episode by, by talking about some of the sources of theology. Um, what are the things we're actually wrestling through that bring us to theological conclusions? Um, and just a quick note on that, I don't think that our theological conclusions are ever 100% formed on this side of heaven. Uh, We are all learning and growing. And while we might have the essential cores um, sorted out in our minds, the the depths of those core truths, I think we will ever uh, continue to grow in our understanding of who God is and who we are in light of who he is and who we are in light of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, and that's all part of theological reflection. Again, for the purposes of this podcast, we are going through the Alberta Baptist Association Statement of Faith, and uh, we're going to start off our our discussion with that in this episode by looking at our um, our association's statement of the Bible. So if you were to go look at our Statement of Faith and see what it said about the Bible, this is what you would read. It says that we believe the Bible is God's word given by divine inspiration the record of God's revelation of himself to humanity. It is trustworthy, sufficient, without error, the supreme authority and guide for all doctrine and conduct. It is the truth by which God brings people into a saving relationship with himself and leads them to Christian maturity. So there's a lot in that statement. There's a lot we could unpack. 
Um, but I think what I want to underscore here is that when it comes to us looking for sources of theology or, or um, where are we basing our theological understanding, um, what are we basing it on or where are we getting it from, um, we need to look at the Bible as our number one primary source. Yeah, I think it's important for us to remember that uh, the Bible is the Holy Spirit-inspired record of God's revelation to us, which is, of course, Christ. Um, the Bible should be the basis for our uh, understanding of theology. Um, it's the one thing which, uh, and we're going to go through a few other different sources uh, of our theological beliefs, but it's always important to remember that if any of these other so other sources disagrees with the truth of Scripture, then uh, we have to be very wary of them because it's, it's almost certain that uh, it is the other sources that are wrong and not Scripture. Um, and by almost certain, I mean absolutely certain. <laughs> In that sense, the Bible, like it's kind of like the Bible is the trump card, right? It's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, when when we talk about the uh, the the books within scripture, we refer to them as the canon of scripture, the canon of the New Testament and the Old Testament. Um, and uh, that's not talking about a piece of artillery. Uh, it's talk, It's used from the Greek word uh, uh, canon, which is actually a, uh, a ruler or a measuring rod. It was the line which scribes used to make sure, or the ruler that scribes used to make sure that the line was straight. So, uh, the the role of scripture in our theological reflection is to uh, hold our beliefs against and see if they do in fact line up correctly. Yeah, and I think what I love about the Bible is it's not only speaking to us about the truth about God or the church or um, all the things we might deem spiritual. Um, but it also has so much to say to us about our day-to-day -day lives, right? Like the Bible speaks to the way we should handle our money. It speaks to the way that we should interact with the people in our families. Uh, it talks to us about how we should treat our neighbors and uh, deal with injustice that we see in the world. Um, and, and so in that sense, the Bible is not simply um, a book that speaks to our spiritual reality, but it's a book that speaks to um, and into every nook and cranny of our lives and of our being. And I think that's why uh, you look at God's word and it's, it's so important. And in addition to that, um, if it's speaking to all of those things, it's incredibly important that um, we understand that it is authoritative in being able to do that. Um, it has the last word for a reason. Uh, you know, as, as Zach already said, it is a Holy Spirit inspired record of God's revelation. It, it is something that is protected uh, by God. And in that, it has so much to say to us. But I'm probably speaking to the choir and preaching to the choir a bit. I, I don't need to convince Christians that the Bible is important, and I don't need to convince Christians that it should be authoritative necessarily. Um, if that is a new concept to you, it is something you need to explore a whole lot more. Um, but I think the problem that we sometimes get into as Christians is that we uh, we look at the Bible as this standalone thing, um, and as if it's the only thing involved in our understanding of God. Um, and while the Bible is the most important thing, I would say, that's involved in our understanding, um, there are other things at play. There's other sources of theology at work, whether or not we realize it. Um, and I think it's actually dangerous for us to um, engage with Scripture ignorant of the other voices that are speaking into our theological understanding, because it shapes the way we read and understand the Bible. 
we are human. Uh, we need God's help in understanding uh, the Bible. As we said last episode, theology is a human construct. And in that sense, it's done by fallible humans trying to make sense, again, of the two givens, uh, God's word in scripture and our human experience. Uh, so there are other sources of theology. And uh, Zach, do you want to speak to kind of the next one that we talked about? Yeah, uh, I think that um, the next one of the one of the major sources of theology that we should be uh, cognizant of, paying attention to, uh, is that of uh, history or tradition. Um, I think sometimes tradition can be uh, a a, uh, ter- a term that people look down the nose at, but uh, all tradition is is it's the um, the agreed upon faithful uh, interpretation of scripture by the church historic. Uh, when we look into the history of the church, we have some of the most brilliant minds and most uh, spirit filled people uh, who have ever lived uh, being able to help us to help to inform our understanding of scripture. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it's so important to look to that. Uh, I, I, I've heard many a time from uh, friends in Bible college uh, or seminary or wherever saying that if you come up with a theology, which is brand new in the, in, in the tradition of the church, then you are probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And can you unpack that a bit? Why? Like, and I don't know, I'm trying to think too, what's an example of that in our, our day and age? Yeah, uh, for sure. I think that uh, an example of a theology which is, uh, is novel, is new, and uh, we need to be very wary of is that of the prosperity gospel hmm. um, that teaches us that... Um, that God will give to us if we give to if to him. But of course, in the, most of these situations, him is some charismatic pastor <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. on a TV, on a big t- on a big screen TV um, telling us that if we give money to him, that God will bless us. Uh, I think that that's something which is seen nowhere in the history of the church and something that we, we need to be very wary of. Hmm. So not only is it, it's not in scripture, um, but it's also not in church history, which again mm-hmm. raises a red flag. Absolutely. Now, I think that for a, a lot of Christians, um, this idea of tradition or history, you know, and it, the reality is in evangelicalism, we've done a really bad job at keeping this approach and understanding of history in our, in our view. It's not something we think about very often, uh, unfortunately, and it's to a great loss. So if for, for someone who's listening to this podcast, what would you maybe encourage them in if they were to begin to look at the history of the church as a, a source of theological reflection? Like where do we even start? Yeah. Um, uh, there are, there's a lot of really excellent books that are, have been written recently and by evangelicals, uh, which look at the uh, look look into church history in a very approachable way. Uh, one work that I personally really enjoyed was a book called "Getting to Know the Church Fathers" uh, by a guy named Brian Lipton. Uh, it does a really good job of just kind of introducing us to uh, the historic church. And um, alternately, if you really wanted to get right into it, a uh, great place to start. And I think a a, a place that so many people have started uh, a really enriching study of the history of the church would be uh, St. Augustine's Confession. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like a easy to get resource. Yeah. Yeah. You can find it online. You can find it at chapters. Um, yeah. Augustine's mm-hmm. Confession. And what's, most, yeah. 
Sorry, go ahead. I was ahead. say, what, cent- what century is Confessions from? Yeah, Augustine uh, worked in the uh, 4th and 5th century. And uh, so, you know, 300 to 400 AD yeah. uh, is, when he, is, is when he worked. And he was a pastor and bishop eventually in, uh, in North Africa. And uh, one of the most brilliant minds out there who uh, the vast majority of Christian theology is based off of uh, some aspect of his thought. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, and so that would be um, a primary source to, mm-hmm. to read, right? And um, yeah, that'd be an excellent primary source. Uh, the confession is essentially a, uh, a work in which Augustine gives his testimony as a Christian mm-hmm. uh, using, you know, contemporary terms. Yeah. And uh, it's a beautiful work. Yeah. And I think like, there's really no end to, to engaging in a discipline of, of learning about church history. You could take a class at a seminary as an audit student. You could um, jump online. I'm sure there's online courses. There's amazing books and textbooks that have been written. Um, the work of Mark Knoll, um, who's over at Regent, um, right? He's at Regent? Uh, yeah, he has a... Yeah. Yeah, he is a research faculty at Regent yeah. College. He's yes. written some great books on church history. I really appreciated his book on evangelicalism uh, that I read in college. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's lots of resources. But I think what we're getting at here is that when it comes to, th- to theological reflection, not only would uh, history stimulate uh, theological reflection and have you thinking about things that maybe you didn't, um, what's important for us is that when we approach things in our faith or in our journey, uh, that we have questions about, we need to understand that not only do we go to Scripture to see what Scripture has to say about something, but it's it's also good to look at church history. How has how has the church traditionally understood an issue? Um, how have they traditionally considered something? Um, and in that, I think we find a lot of really helpful helpful answers. The next the next source of theology that we would would consider um, is is that of logic or reason. Um, and I don't think Zach or I consider ourselves experts in understanding this one, but this is reality that we bring a uh, rational thought to, um, to our study of scripture and to our, our kind of interpreting what's going on around us and our experiences. Um, we don't, we don't think about things in a vacuum. We don't just look at scripture without applying, um, reason and thought. Yeah. Logic, logic is pretty, uh, straightforward i think that um this is exploring contradiction right mm-hmm. yeah like using our rational faculties right so like when if a person is reading uh some you know augustine's confession and they come across a thing that um they would say oh this contradicts scripture they're using logic using reason yeah to get to that conclusion right yeah um, it's just putting a few things to, against each other and saying this doesn't add up. Right. No, but it's 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 exploring. Does this does what I'm thinking? Does it contradict with something else? Um, mm-hmm. Or yeah, some, something else that I believe even. Yeah. Does right? this contradict with something I believe? Does this yeah. um, does this line up with other things that I know to be true? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think just the way that we engage in our minds. Uh, so much of Paul's writing, uh, we call prose discourse, right? Um, and it's just mm-hmm. he has these rational arguments building upon mm-hmm. each other, which for yeah. us can actually be quite difficult to interpret and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But when we follow his thoughts, you see it's this rational 
thinking, this rational flow of thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And similarly, uh, we need to use that as well when it comes to us um, engaging in theological reflection. It's basically Mm -hmm. asking good questions of what we're experiencing and what we're going through. So is this true? Um, What does it mean if it's true? Just these, what does this mean in general? These are all uh, questions that engage on a logic or reason level. The final source of theology we want to talk about is experience. Um, now, as evangelicals, experience has become a, a more predominant source of theology in the last several decades. Um, and I, I think very simply, all of us can think of times where we've maybe we've been at a service at church or, or something's happened in our lives uh, and we experience something or we feel something and it immediately brings into question something that we think about or, or feel about God. And that experience can sometimes dictate or, or tell us or speak to us um, about, about God. But Again, we can't just look at our experiences on their own. Um, too often, I think people can have experiences in a worship setting, for example, um, and, and they have a feeling or an emotion that they feel, and that emotion or that feeling leaves them with this idea of, well, then this must be true. This Whatever I'm experiencing must be true. Yeah, I would say that uh, we have to be very careful with this source of theology because experience can be very fickle. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, and I know this thing that we'll get to at a later episode, but it's really important for us to test, test our experiences against, against, against scripture, uh, just to confirm the source of that experience to us. Yeah. Because it could very easily just be like Adam just said, emotivism, just this, we have this, this, this big feeling, but it's not necessarily from God or we could have, uh, even be being uh, led astray by something, something right. else. And I think one of the dangers of the prosperity gospel, to pick that back up, is that I think there's people who pray in a certain way or give um, give their resources in a certain way, and within a, a week or a month, something good happens to them. And that experience leads them to a conclusion of, well, I prayed, well, I gave my money, and this good thing happened, therefore... Um, for me to give and pray in that way will result in God giving me. Now, the problem with that is when you give and give and give and you don't receive, well, now that experience, again, is starting to dictate and change your theology. And, and this is what Zach's saying about it being being really fickle. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's important to recognize that God will bless us as we help those around us, as we bless others. But uh, to narrow it down to a to a uh, formulaic system like the prosperity gospel does uh, really just goes against uh, what we understand. Absolutely. Um, and I think too, like in, it, well, Zach and I were kind of preparing for this. We were talking about the order of these sources of theology. And um, if you've been around theology for a while, you might've recognized what we're talking about as being the Wesleyan quadrilateral um, and what we're, what we see and how we understand it is that there is a hi- hierarchy at work here where the Bible should be our primary, primary most important source of theology, uh, followed up by tr- tradition and, and church history, um, followed up then by logic and reason, and lastly, uh, experience, making experience the least important of these four sources of theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what I really want to communicate is that we need to recognize that all four of these are at work. 
Absolutely. I think that's, it's, it's key that we recognize them if, uh, for the very least that we can, uh, we can hold them to that hierarchical level that you, that you just mentioned, right. That if we don't know that our experiences are, uh, having a, having a real effect on our theological understandings, then they will happen without us noticing. And, and I think, yeah, as we recognize that all these things are at play, it just really helps us engage in, in proper theological reflection. So again, when you're faced with an experience in your life or you're reading something in the Bible and you're like, oh, I've never noticed that before, um, you start asking questions of these things. Um, good theological reflection uh, is you engaging in this thinking process of like, okay, what does the rest of the Bible say about this issue? Um, what does church history understand about this issue? Um, what is the logical argument around this? Does this thought contradict another? Um, and then fourthly, moving into, well, what is my experience of this thing? Um, and, and recognizing that these are all at play and all at work when we do theological reflection is really important. Um, for me, I've kind of titled that whole thing as um, I've put it under the banner that I call discernment. I, I think discernment is incredibly important. Um, while we could probably put discernment into the logic category in some ways, I, I think I view discernment a bit as a as a discipline. Um, and, and basically what I mean by discernment is that just because you experience something or read something or a pastor says something, you don't just take it as true. You don't just take it and go, this thing is true. This is awesome, whatever. Um, but we actually need to think critically about these things and enter into a practice of, of discernment, which isn't necessarily a science either, right? Like, um, we would love it to be, we'd love to like put a bow on it and have mm-hmm. this clean, like, Oh, here is what I think. This is why I think it, this is wonderful. Um, but I think there's something very fluid in, in the reality that again, we are valuable human beings um, mm-hmm. trying to make sense of God. And I mean, if we, uh, you know, we, a lot of people look at discernment as one of the, one of the gifts of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's very, it's a very apt way to look at it. And if it is a gift of the spirit, if it is, if us discerning the validity of something is something is, is a spirit led activity, um, then we, then, then we can't call it a science. Cause if there's one thing that the scripture goes back to again and again about the Holy spirit is that if it's, it's like the wind, we don't see where it goes. Right. We don't see where it came from. Right. Right. Uh, there's a pastor in Montreal, Yop Herbie, who I'm a, I'm, I'm personally a big fan of. And, um, he uh, has said on many occasions, uh, God never changes, but he's always doing something different. Hmm. And so I think that it's important for us to, if we, if we bring discernment down to a purely logic-based level, uh, then we don't you know, leave room for the Holy Spirit's work. Right. Um, right. Because the Holy Spirit isn't a formula. We can't control it. Right. And we can't necessarily even predict it. We know it's... We know what the Holy Spirit. We know who He is and what He is and and his, and his attributes, just like we know the attributes of God. So, but we don't know what the Holy Spirit will call us or lead us to do. Absolutely, yeah. Which I think like just highlights um, the importance of, of of the prayerful aspect of discernment, right? That we don't. It's not like we approach the Bible and tradition and logic and our experience and take those things away. And, and go off somewhere and try to figure out using a scientific process. It's that's not a good approach to discernment. Rather, it's it's with God through the person of the Holy Spirit, 
um, engaging in a discerning process, prayerfully uh, thinking through uh, what it is we believe and allowing those thoughts to, to change us, which ultimately leads us to the application of theology um, where it's not just about being thinking beings, um, but recognizing that, um, as James K. Smith says, we are loving beings and uh, that it's important that we shape our loves and, and are mindful of our loves, uh, which uh, kind of hits at the importance of, of our thinking. We need to consider the things that we think. Um, and so Christian ethics, it's, it's something we're going to be exploring throughout this podcast series and this equipped course. Um, but we understand that when it comes to to Christian ethics, it's us taking these thoughts and these things that we learned and, and saying, okay, how am I supposed to live this out? Like, what does it mean for me to be a Christian um, in my workplace, in my home, in my behaviors? How does this apply to my life? This is why discernment and theological um, reflection are so important. It needs to get down into our day-to-day lives. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think it's such an important thing for us as the church to remember um, that the, the goal of theology, the goal of our study of God is to increase our love of God and our love of our neighbor. Right. Um, so the, the, the work of theology is a, a work that ultimately ends in, a, in, in practical acts of worship and ministry. Amen. That's a good word. Uh, when I was doing my ethics course um, as part of my, my seminary training, my um, my professor and I started using this this phrase of weaponizing theology, uh, which is you, know, you take what the Bible says and you you, you kind of discern what is what is the thing that I think, and then we take what we think and we use it to tell others why they're wrong and why they don't think correctly, and and you know if that is why you're doing theology, that is completely wrong. Uh, that is not the point. Um, we are not to weaponize God's word. We are not to weaponize our theological thoughts and use it um, in a way to oppress other people. Rather, we use it as exactly as, as Zach said, to foster a greater sense of, of, of worship in, in the way that we love God and love other people. Augustine said that, actually, by the way. Uh, wow. Increasing the love of God and God and neighbor. That's an Augustinian thought. So just to bring it back to him as being an important, an important <laughs> yeah. part of our church tradition. That's awesome. So in our last episode, we talked about why theology is important. In this episode, we covered some sources of theology. So we talked about the Bible, talked about church history, tradition, logic, and experience. And we need to, in the partnership of the Holy Spirit, recognize um, that all these things are at work when it comes to us coming to conclusions about God. Um, and then as we come to those conclusions, allow them to flush um, the allow them to work themselves out in our lives in very practical and real ways. Do you have any final words, Zach? Yeah, I just think it's important for us to, uh, again, acknowledge that there are many sources for our theological beliefs and that it's important for us to uh, give them the correct weight that they deserve. And also, if I think it would be a disservice to the community of church historians out there for me not to uh, implore you to uh, look, look into the history of our faith uh, to get, get a broader understanding of, of the church. Uh, our brothers and sisters who came before us are part of the communion of saints and they are just as much a part of the body of Christ as you or I are. And uh, I think that that's just a, a wonderful opportunity that we have. 
I, I love what you're talking about here, Zach, because part of the Equip Discipleship courses, uh, we are planning to do a church history session, which will have a church history podcast, and which is really in that exact line of thinking that you just had. And you don't know this yet, but uh, you will be podcasting on that season as well. So I appreciate your, yeah, I appreciate your service in that. Well, thank you for listening to the This I Believe podcast series. This podcast series is a part of the Equip Discipleship podcast put out by Twilliger Community Church. To learn more about Twilliger Community Church and the Equip Discipleship classes, please go to tcchurch.ca. If you like our podcast series, I encourage you to subscribe to them or to share them with a friend. And I encourage you to take the things that you're learning and thinking about as it relates to this podcast series and find other Christians to talk about it with. We cannot grow in our Christian faith by ourselves. Well, have a great week and may you grow in your love and understanding of God.